I really feel, you know, there's, there's some of you visiting today that are here because you want answers in your marriage. There's some of you that are members here that come, but you made sure that you didn't miss or flake out today because you want to hear about marriage. Because we all need some type of marital help. Amen? How many of you want to make the best of the rest of what you've got with your spouse? I mean, hey, how long are we talking about? You know, I mean, before, you know, how, how much life do each one of you guys have? And if you make it to the end of your life with your spouse, I mean, who really wants to spend the rest of that time fighting, being miserable, uh, being unhappy and broken? And then only to raise kids in that environment so that they can replicate the same life that you lived before them. Because, you see, marriage affects everything. Marriage affects all that we do. They did a test, uh, they did a, a survey from like 1970 to, to 1996, I believe, some, some government organization, and they said that like, you know, $290 billion was spent, and they believed that that portion was a result of broken homes that led to single parents, that led to uh, drug addiction, that led to alcoholism, that led to all kinds of things that manifest themselves in negative ways. And I want to tell you this, that God designed marriage when he created man and woman, and it, and it serves as a purpose. And we've got, we've got to, this is what the Lord really put on my heart. And this, this isn't a series just for married people. This is a series for you teenagers that are doing things right now that are going to hurt your marriages. I promise you. Or you're doing things that are going to help your marriage. You know, we've got people here that are, that are not teenagers. They're single. And, uh, you know, you need to figure out what to do that's going to promote a healthy marriage one day. Also, you guys that are married, you need to figure out, hey, how can we get recalibrated back with God so that things can work out? And this is what this is, what this is all about. What is marriage? How can we align with God? And how can we make this work? Because let me tell you something. If God created marriage then he's the one that's going to know how to do this. He's the one that's going to be able to help you pull this off. He's the one that's going to give you the wisdom and the knowledge on how to do so. And so I don't want you to feel like, let me tell you something, here's the problem. We're not all here like a bunch of newbies with, it, with this, like, like we got a clean slate and like we're going to be able to pull this off with perfection. Here's the deal. Most of you and I have already screwed up. We have not fulfilled the original intent or the original design that God had for us when it comes to marriage, when it comes to sexual purity, when it comes to living a godly life. That's why he had to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that he could restore us back to him. Before I get into what the scriptures say, I want to talk about me and Christy. And some of you guys have heard this story a lot, but I want to tell you, it, it really... Unless you know where I'm coming from, I could just be another guy up here talking about something I really have no idea about. But Christy and I had sex when we were teenagers. Okay? Yeah, like, oh. I remember one time I was talking about something, and I remember a girl in the audience went, oh, my gosh. I'm like, okay. And, yeah, yeah, so if you got any kids in here, you don't say sex in front of you. You might want to take them to children's church. But... I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep it clean, but we're going to talk real today. We're going to talk adult. I mean, right? Adults get married, so let's talk about adult things. Um, 
the biggest problem I face is this, is people today walking in a way that's not conducive with Scripture, that's not ideal with what God thinks, and when you tell them, hey, man, you know, there's a better way, they look at you and they say, well, you did it. You did it. You know what? You're totally right. You're totally right. But you know what? I've walked 100 miles in my shoes. I know how it went when I did it. And I know how I got to where I am today. Because people take for granted, well, you did it. You turned out all right. Yeah. Let me tell you the process of things turning out all right. So Christy and I, we had relationship before we got married. We fought like cats and dogs. It was miserable. But we, scripturally says, created a bond that is more than just physical. It's spiritual. It's emotional. I mean, it's even chemical. The body, it says, releases certain types of drugs like uh, dopamine and adrenaline and all these things in our bodies. And they say that, that actually sex can have effects almost like a heroin addict. And it does. We, we program ourselves to respond and reward ourselves in certain ways and to think certain ways. And this stuff doesn't just fall off of you. We begin to set patterns in our lives. And the Word of God says that when we become Christians, that we are to renew our minds. And what that means is we're to take the Word of God and begin to renew our minds and our way of thinking versus what we've been doing because we've got to correct all that and realign it and fix it so that we can operate to get with the way God designed us to do. And believe it or not, these, even these, uh, these, these dopamine and adrenaline, and, and uh, there's another one in there I'll talk about in a minute, these things affect our literal joy, happiness, our emotions, our depressions. They affect us in great, great ways. And, you know, a lot of times people don't understand, you know, we, they get too scientific. God was very scientific when he created the world. Whether, you know, God, when God creates stuff, he doesn't create just stuff. He creates complex stuff that does have scientific reason, that does work together in all kinds of different parameters. And when you begin to understand that, you begin to see, oh, this is what the, even the Bible's talking about and how these things need to happen. But Christy and I here, we, we, we dated. Um, we ended up getting married after I uh, went into the Marine Corps. And the, the hurt and the pain and the, the disaster that we caused before marriage and even after marriage was very devastating to our lives. It was very devastating. And, I mean, really, sex was kind of all we had. We didn't have a great relationship outside of that because we had destroyed each other so much. Because after we were together in high school, we were with other people, we get married. After we get married, we both had affairs. And this is the life that we live. And people say, well, you did it. Yeah, let me tell you what the price is of having sex outside of marriage, being sexually immoral when it comes to your relationship with your spouse for the rest of your life. It creates spiritual bondages. It creates walls. It creates distrust. It creates brokenness. It creates horrible habits. In the Marine Corps, uh, you know, we, we partied, we drank. When we were on ship, we would watch pornography for 24 hours. I'm not joking. You got up at 7 o'clock that morning. Saturday was porn day. And you watch pornography from 7 o'clock in the morning, actually, long, or, or, yeah, until pretty much the next day. That's what we did for Sabbath worship. We watched porn. 
Outstanding, isn't it? And, you know, people don't realize, you know, it's it's just porn. But here's the deal. Pornography tells such a lie apart from what God wants in our lives. Because, you know, guys watch porn, and it's girls that like to have lots of sex and talk very little. And that is not reality at all. That is not how women are. And then you've got, listen, then you've got girl porn, okay? Soap operas and stuff with guys that talk a lot and have very little sex. That's not correct at all. That's not how guys are thinking. I'm for real. I mean, dude, I'd like to see some of the eHarmony profiles that chicks fill out today. I want a guy who talks all the time, doesn't like to touch too much, and he's a vampire or something like that, you know, just... You know, and, and, and I mean, some of the movies, people don't realize, people don't realize the programming that's being put. You know, and listen, dude, dude, we just played Black Keys, okay, for the background of one of our announcements, okay? They're not a, they're, they're just an awesome band, that's all, you know, but they're not a Christian band. So, you know, I'm not one of those guys that say, oh, if it don't have Jesus on the movie, don't watch it, you know. But here's the deal, we've got to have wisdom. We've got to look at how we are being affected by society. And society today doesn't give a flip about what the Word of God says. And here's the deal. That's just the way they roll. The world is the world. They act like the world. And I'm going to bring it up to your attention in the morning. We're really, you know, the world, we're to show them the love of Christ and how God affects us. What we need to be concerned about is how Jesus and how the Word of God is affecting us as believers. We've got to quit busting chops on people who are doing what comes natural. And we need to ask ourselves, are we applying the Word of God into our lives? And so Christy and I, we went through literal hell in our marriage, in our lives, much just heartbreak, much pain, much suffering. And the only way that we were brought to a point of healing and restoration was this simple. We went to God and said, God, forgive us. We repent, we confess. And it cost me $2,000 of therapy on the phone with that woman because Before I went over my last deployment overseas, the Holy Spirit began to work in my life. I repented. I began to follow God. I got got over there, and I had all this stuff that Christy didn't know about. These affairs, these things that I had done, these secrets. People, you can't have a relationship with a person with secrets and all these things behind you because there's just too much. There's too many walls because you constantly, you've got to walk around and protect those, and you've got to put the wall up and it and it is it is destroying marriages today and you young people are building those right now before you even meet your spouse and and you think well i'm already married but here's the deal what's going to keep you from having the marriage that god wants you to have it's going to be letting him deal with this stuff and these mess and junk in your life and so christy and i i was i i had I had told her I loved her. We were, you know, that you know, I was, I, I, I was changed, literally, not just talking trash like we do when we get in trouble and we gotta do something temporary. God changed my life, and so I go overseas, and uh, and God just began to deal with me as I began to build relationships with other guys that were Christians, and God just began to deal with me slowly about this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. And one of those things was just tell, just bearing my heart to her. Opening up to her and let her know everything that I'd ever done. And you know what? That was the most scary. Dude, I'm in Singapore. I'm not even in Hardin County. 
I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to be home for four and a half months. Is she going to be there when I get there? But, you know, I knew that, the, I knew that God, God, had, God had, you know, listen, the Bible says that if you're a Christian, the Bible says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? But you know what? The Holy Spirit was good enough to put a heavy conviction on me. He knew what was good for me and what was good for my marriage. Because if I wouldn't have done this, I probably wouldn't be married today. I know I wouldn't have been married today. I wouldn't have the beautiful girls that I have. I wouldn't have the life that I have now that God is still adding to. And so I called Christy, and we had we talked for hours, and we dealt with things. And you know what? From that time, God was able to heal the pains, the hurt, the distrust, the walls, and all those things that were a result of sexual immorality in our lives. Now, you know what? Marriage is more than just sex, but let me tell you something. Sex is very important in the role of marriage, and I'm fixing to share that with you guys. God designed it for a purpose. But today, Christy and I are where we are, not because we just, well, I know we did the wrong thing, but because we saw where we were, we recalibrated, not with some stupid book on, at Books a Million, but we sought God and said, God, what do we need to do in our marriage that's going to make it work? What do we need to do that's going to bring healing? What do we need to do that when we are together, we want to be together, that there's not distrust, that there's not hurt, and that there's not anger? What do we do? Because we were broken people. And, we, and, and being in the Marine Corps, every week we saw new spouses come and new spouses go. They wouldn't last two weeks. I mean, they were, it was like a revolving door. And today, the, the divorce rate is over 50%. It doesn't matter if you're Christian. It doesn't matter if you're not Christian. It doesn't matter. Uh, there, the, the over, it, a couple years ago, it was 37% of fatherless homes. And what's the problem? The problem is marriage. Because marriages are broken, it affects the kids, it affects the couples. They go off, bring the stuff with them instead of getting healed and, and recalibrating with God. They start all over again and they just disperse it to another generation. And you know what? Politicians can't fix it. Welfare can't pay for it. Drugs can't cure it. There ain't enough beer in the world that's going to suppress the pain that people are going through. And you know what? I'm talking to you guys right now, each and every one of you. If you're not here today, I can't do nothing for you. But I can tell you today that God has answers in the Word of God that can heal you and bring you through the situations in your marriage. Now, the disclaimer to that is that you can only do what you can do. Because when it comes to two people, you can't make them do anything can't make them do anything and so I don't want you know if, if you're here today I want to tell you what we need to do is we need to figure out where you're at individually and then hopefully you can work it out with the one that you love and God can work something going on in there but before our relationships how many of you want God to how many of you want to have a godly relationship and that means the way God designed it the way which will it will work the way that you'll be happy and joyful and, and things will go well with you I mean that's that's what we want right well, before our relationships can have a godly output, we've got to have godly input. Before, before we can allow God to affect our lives, we've got to allow God to speak into my lives. You know, it's everywhere you go today. There's, you go to school, the teacher says, this is how you do it. You do it that way and it works out. You go to the gym, you listen to the coach, you do it like the coach says, it works out. You read the Word of God, 
You listen to what God says, you do it the way he does, it works out. That's, that's the way life goes. It's a very basic principle. But what is marriage? Okay, before we can figure this out, we've got to go ask ourselves, what is marriage? And in the, in, in the very beginning of chapter 2, God creates Adam and Eve, and, and, this, and this is what he says. He, and, and I'm actually reading this out of Ephesians 5, 31 through 32. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. You know, there's a time for that. Some of you mom need to let your boys go. They're 40, okay? Make them grow up. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is what God's, God pronounced when he created Adam and Eve. It wasn't Adam and Steve. I know today homosexuality is popular. You know, that's a worldly thing. It's not a, it's not a godly thing. It's not a Christian thing. And the thing is, is well, I'm gonna, hold on, I'll get to that in a minute. If you continue to read here in Ephesians 5, 31 through 32, it says this. The, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Now, he, now so Paul quotes, uh, he, he, he quotes Genesis, where God said that, uh, let a man leave his father and his mother, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he says, this mystery is profound, as I'm saying, that it refers to Christ and the church. You see, God created marriage at the beginning. And marriage was a foreshadow, a picture of the things to come of Jesus Christ and his relationship with the church. And it was a covenant. Mary, how many of you know that marriage is a covenant? That means that you do it and you stick with it, and that's just the way it is. Now, there are some times, the Bible even gives disclaimers, there's times to call it quits. And if you've got a husband that's beating the fire out of you, you need to let somebody know that can whoop the fire out of him. Amen? I don't play that game. That's just foolishness. I'm not for spousal abuse. I'm for, I'm for dudes with testosterone protecting their wives, not beating on their wives. Amen? And you see, God, God created a pretty creative system here. You take a man, you take a woman, they become one. They have kids. They build a society. They take care of each other. They love each other. They prosper together. They build a community. And see, anything outside of that doesn't work. You know, and that's one of the things about homosexuality. You can't take the same sex and have a baby. How does that work with God's plan? You look at anything in nature. You look at a tree. A tree drops. Trees have sexes. They drop acres in the ground, and another tree comes up. So this is not God's original intent. And the Bible talks about this through and through. But here's the thing. Satan knows how important sex is to a marriage, and he wants to destroy it. And homosexuality, guys, is just one thing. I mean, there's like... Golly, we could probably just make pages for days. Pornography, uh, fornication, outside of marriage, all these different things that Satan can use to destroy the original pattern that God had for marriage. And the thing about a marriage is this, is how is the marriage initiated? Through what? Through a handshake? What's up, dog? No. What initiates a marriage? What begins the covenant between a man and a woman? How do they become one? They have sex. In the Old Testament, they, when they, you know, they, had a, they had a process they went through. But in the Old Testament, when a man and a woman laid together, they actually saved the sheets for a sign that she was a virgin. And if there wasn't nothing on the sheets, the man could go back and say, Hey, I got a bad heifer here. What do I do, you know? 
but they did. The, the mom and dad, I mean, here's the deal. There was some, there was a, this was a big thing in society. The mom and dad actually waited for them to finish. They were going to go in there and get them sheets and say, my daughter's a virgin, boy. Don't you bring no false accusation against her. Because it, and it, there's a whole thing in the Bible about how they handled this. Don't be calling my daughter no dirty woman. She ain't. Look, I got proof. And so there was proof. And every covenant God ever made, there was what? There was blood involved. That's like the covenant we have with Jesus Christ. There was what? There was blood involved. The blood of Jesus Christ, which takes away the sins of the world. See, God seals covenants with blood, and sex is the way that a marriage was supposed to be initiated, inaugurated, and began. But that wasn't it. Sex was the way that the marriage was to be maintained and taken care of from that point on. And so Genesis 4.1, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore a son. And so this word know here is yada, not Y-A-D-A-H, like we talk about worship, where it talks about raising your hands. This is just Y-A-D-A. And it means to know but this, this is a, a word that it talks about knowing in, a, in, a, in almost a sexual content where it means to know, to reveal oneself, or to know by experience. And so it says, Adam knew Eve, and they bore a son. Well, I mean, dude, that's pretty easy riddle to figure out, right? He knew her, and they had a baby. Okay, we know where it's going here. Um, and that's what it means. It means to know intimately. How many of you realize that God, you know, you become one by what? By knowing each other. And God meant for that, that, that first encounter on your honeymoon night, that's the way we all did it, right? And um, that, that is supposed to be a night where you consummate the marriage. And, it, and from that night on, you know each other deeply. You trust each other. I mean, you know, that's, that's, a poor, that's a pretty vulnerable spot to put yourself in with somebody when you think about it. Sober anyway, right? Sometimes people get hammered, you know, and they're like, whatever. But I mean, to, to really, and, and you know this, I mean, if you've, if you've been promiscuous in your life, you know where making love is different from just having sex. You know it's different because there's, there's a connection here. There's a, there's a deeper part of it. Isaiah 43.10 says, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servants for whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. This is the same word, yada that God was talking about a marriage relationship knowing each other. Now, we don't have sex with God, but God wants us to know Him on a deep level just like we know our spouses. And so this yada here means it's, it's, it's the God's intent. It's God's pattern for, I want, you, I want to know you. I want to know you deeply, spiritually, and emotionally. And see, that's why God created marriage in the beginning, to replicate what He wanted with people through Jesus Christ. And yada, like sex is to man and a woman, baptism and communion is with God. When we, when we get saved and baptized, it's almost like we have began the covenant relationship with God. And as we have communion, it's an ongoing experience with the Lord, remembering and just opening ourselves and going deeper and deeper with Him. So do you see how marriage in the church, like he, Paul says, it's a mystery. There they're so intertwined and they're so related. But think about it. A healthy church is made up of what? Healthy people, healthy families specifically. And I say this all the time. 
And what, is the, and what is the biggest effect on society? The quality of what? The families. Do you not see how God designed this? It's a ripple effect. We have solid families that affect our church life and then affect positively affect the community around us. But God intentionally created marriage and he created the church for knowing each other as spouses and knowing God for who he is. But here's the thing. For each of those to work well, the other's got to work well. Because you know what? Your marriage could be a limiting factor in your walk with God, and your walk with God could be a limiting factor in your marriage. Because they're so intertwined. And God, the creator of marriage, if he's not involved in the marriage, then you don't have a full package. You're already toting a short stick. But before our relationships can have a godly output, they've got to have what? A godly input. See, that's what Christy and I had to realize. All the things, you know, watching me watching porn, going out drinking, act, you know, hanging out with, you know, and y'all know drinking in moderation is fine, but here's the deal. I don't go out with knuckleheads, and I don't go out with, with people that are going to hit on my wives, and I don't go to places where I'm going to subject myself to that type of atmosphere because it's got fail written all over it. And so, I mean, we just begin to think, you know what? Everything we're doing is destroying our marriage, we need to begin to do what God says, hey, this will heal your, heal your marriage and make it whole and make it work. Because, you know, and here's the thing. The people want, we want, we want somebody to fix our marriage, right? But what are we willing to do for it? What are we willing to do for our marriage to be fixed? I got people all the time outside of marriage just, just simply, hey, I want God to heal my life. I want God to fix this. Well, what are you willing to do for it? Nothing. I just want him to fix it. You know, I want to lose 40 pounds. Will you give up blue belt? No. Well, then forget about it. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, I'm, I'm human. I did, I did toes to bars yesterday. If you don't know what that is, go look on YouTube. Man, I was so excited to celebrate. I went and ate half a gallon of ice cream. I probably just stalled me being able to do more toes to bars in a single setting. But, you know, me, we're... We are, man. We do. We we we're so goofy, but we do. We we want God. To, we want God to bless us and make everything work out. But we don't want to do anything that He tells us to do for it to come about. You see, God's will. You know, the, the people love that scripture where it says God gave man dominion over the world. You know what? You know what that means? That means look, you're you can do what you want, but if you do it my way, it'll work out for it. If you don't, eh, suck it up. It's not going to work so well. God gave us freedom. He gave us freedom of will. He gave us freedom of choice. But his intent is that we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else take care of itself, that we follow him, that we have dominion over the world in a godly way. So Satan knowing that sex was so important to marriage that it's the way that you initiate it, it's the way that you maintain it, it's the way that you increase in it, and it's the way that you get to know your spouse. Satan knew this, and he said, I'm going to sabotage it by any means that I can. So Satan created sexual immorality to, to destroy God's original design of a marriage covenant. The word, there, see, there are times, you know, like we read a while ago, Yada describes when Adam knew Eve, Yada. They had godly sex, Okay. But when it talks about David and Bathsheba, when it talks about Tamar being raped by Amnon, when it talks about Lot having 
incest with his daughters, it uses the word porneo. Huh, where do we get that word from? Interesting, right? It also uses the word shakab, and these are Satan's versions of sex. They're distorted copies of God's original intent, and here's the deal. They might have they been enjoyed for a few minutes, but they always brought long-term repercussions that were not enjoyable. They brought forth death. They brought forth division. They brought forth walls, heartache, and pain. And so many of us today are walking around with stuff like that, whether you're young, whether you're married, but divorced or whatever, and we need to, we need to realize, here's the deal, what we got to do wherever you're at is we got to read the Word of God and recalibrate with the Word of God and say, okay, God, what is the correct way to do this? Or it's not going to change for you. It's not. You're going to live with the same thing that you got right now if you keep doing the same things that you've been doing. 1 Corinthians 6, 16-18 says this. It says, Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one with him. It says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. It says, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Now, I always try, always wondering what that means. Like, what does it mean I sin against my own body? And what, what he's trying to say here is this, is that, you know what, when you get involved in sexual immorality, you are doing physical, chemical, emotional, and spiritual damage to your body. You really are. You look right now at the porn industry, the people, man... Sex is a consuming thing, right? I mean, even people that are married that are doing it properly. I mean, you, you know, you think about it often and stuff like that. But imagine, I mean, imagine you guys when you were teenagers. I mean, what did you think about all the dang time? You know? Think about people. I mean, really, Bluebell. <laughs> that was after. But, but you know... Think about it. I mean, think about the people. The statistics right now are insane. What, what should we be doing as men when we get up? Go to work. Go make some money. Take care of your wife and your kids. You know what I mean? But there's so many men today and women, they're spending like 8, 10, 12 hours a day on porn. Now, how productive is that? And they're getting lied to once again. They're, they're, they're designing a pattern of sex that really doesn't exist per se they're, 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 they're building values and a conscience of something that's not even a reality and then when they actually do hook up they're like what the heck's wrong with this person don't they watch TV you know same thing with the girls and this guy never wants to talk that's normal guys aren't talkers if they talk a lot you might need to question them see what's, what's wrong with them but do you hear what I'm saying? How many of you have been married for a while? You know that TV in real life just doesn't match up. Hey, sex is great, and it should be, but there's a reality, and you need to know that reality, or you're not going to be able to enjoy it to its fullest if you're expecting something completely different. But this word joined here in Corinthians, Paul says, joined means to glue together in the Hebrew. He's saying literally, he says, 
Do you not know that one who is glued together to a prostitute? Now, that would be awkward, right? Walking around town with a prostitute glued to your back. But he's saying here that there's something really going on. And, not, and it's not just prostitutes, but when you have sex with somebody, you, you're, you're creating a bond there. And, and like I said, scientists, there's, there's oxytocin, dopamine, adrenaline. There's all these, these things released in your body. And see, your body is, you know, here's the deal. You know why I ate Bluebell last night? Because the last time I ate it, it was good, and it was pleasant, and it left a good memory in my mind. And, and so what we do is that's the way we train ourselves to do things, whether it be sex, pornography, whatever. And we begin to condition our minds, and we begin to train ourselves like dead gum science monkeys. And then if we ever do get in a good relationship with somebody, we've already jacked ourselves up so bad that we bring this to the table. And what people need to do, people need to meet Jesus and then get married. That's the ideal scenario. You know, the Bible says that not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what does dark have to do with light. And he's saying here is, you know, you're going to set yourself up for failure. But once again, people don't want to listen to the Word of God. Eh, I'm going to go find a lost boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, like, love him to Jesus. No, you're not. See, you've been watching them vampire sweet boy movies. You think you can manipulate guys. It doesn't work that way. Guys are hard-headed. Guys don't like change. And the way you found them is probably the way they're going to be for a good long while. And if they do change, it's probably not going to be anything that you did. And if you do change them, it's going to have to probably be through manipulation, which God says is wrong anyway. Then you become a horrible wife. And then the relationship gets even worse. I mean, dude, it's, it's a big psychological game. And God said, look, dude, it's a whole lot easier than the way you're making it. And young people, they, man, they're having sex with this. And, and they say that the, I guess the, 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 the SD card in a, in a chick's brain is way bigger than a dude's because they hold on to a lot of this emotional stuff more than guys. And then they get in a relationship, man. They got a lot more defragging to do. see what happens is this is you know mom and dad's life is terrible they split up the boy thinks you know what I guess when I get sick of my lady I'll just walk out on her the daughter the daughter grows up going living in fear that she's going to find somebody fall in love and he's going to walk out on her one day this is the crud we do to our kids because of our selfishness and because of our hard headedness because we want to do this the worldly way and it doesn't pay off. It doesn't have the results that God wants it to have. You see, guys, the, the, God's for you. God really does love you, and God really does want to do things in your life. And it, We can't fix ourselves before we come to God. We come to God, and He begins to fix us. You see, the problem is, is that people say, well, I'll just do what I want now, and I'll repent later and fix it. No. Me and Christy, even after we repented and said, okay, we're going to be do, do God's way, we would still go through difficult days. I would wake up, or I would have a memory or listen to a song, and I'd think about some guys she was with, and I would get so mad, and I'd come home and just want to punch holes in the walls. Or she would, I would come home like, hey, babe, what's up? What's for supper? She goes, I hate you, you stinking rat. I'm like, what did I do? I just remembered something that happened five years ago. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And, you know, and at first we'd do stupid stuff like, well, get over it, you know, and then, and then we begin to learn to communicate through this stuff. I'm telling you guys, we bring some garbage with us. 
And then we begin to say, hey, I'm sorry. Beat the crap out of you. Whatever you got to do to make you feel better. Because, yeah, don't tell them that. You know, but, but whatever you, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel better. But I'm going to tell you this. After a period of time of trusting God, working it out, I don't even remember. We were married 20 years in 2013. I don't even remember the last time that I even got a feeling of anger, that I even got a, a, a feeling of, oh, why'd you do this to me? I've never thrown it in her face. Any, it's been years since I've thrown it in her face, and, and vice versa. It's something that God has completely removed and healed and dealt with in our lives. Why? Because we reprogrammed our brains, and we reprogrammed our thinking, and we reprogrammed our lives by collaborating with God, by, by getting refocused on what God's design was, and it's worked. And my little girl's got a daddy that loves them. They get loved on all the time. They're not sitting around going, man, when's dad going to check out on us? And, I'm, and, and as a parent, I'm not leaving them open for some little hairy-legged peckerwood to come in here and molest them. Guys, let me tell you something. You parents about your kids. These are the most creative little rascals. Do you remember what it was like when you were a kid? And y'all are stupid enough to let your kids say, well, you're, you're, you're old enough now to take care of yourself. Go out, you know? And then you, then you get grandbabies, and then you've got to raise the grandbabies because they ain't old enough to get a job. I mean, guys, we've got, we've got to think about what, is, what does God want? If they didn't need us, they wouldn't have us. They would just like be born in the egg and walk around taking care of themselves, but they need parental guidance. You guys had parents. Look how messed up you are. You just imagine if you wouldn't have had parents, you know. You just hatched one day and started walking around. Are you my mama? Are you my mama? You know, I mean. <laughs> do you see how big of a mess? See, that's the, that's the biggest problem that we all have that Satan makes us to believe is that what I do, the things, the bad decisions that I make won't affect anybody else but me. That is the biggest bunch of horse mess that anybody's ever proclaimed in the world. The biggest. You see, you can't say I'm up here going, well, he's picking on me for having sex out of marriage and this and that. No, I'm telling you what I did and how it worked out. Not so well until I gave it to God. And today I can say this, we don't have pain as a result of what we did in the past because we're forgiven. God's forgiven us. I've forgiven her. She's forgiven me. We're working it out and we're, we're happy. We're happy. But here's the deal. We did it with God. We did it serving God, the, the, the church life, and all the things that comes with it by being Christians. I mean, you really can't, you really can't take, okay, I'm going to take the principles of God and just apply it to my marriage. It doesn't work that way because God wants to be in the middle of your life. He's a covenant God. God says, I'm going to let my son die for you even though you're a sinner, even though, you know, you're unlovable, I'm going to love you. See, God, God is, is extending his hand in peace to us. The question is, have we extended our hand in peace to him to receive the free gift of grace through faith that he has offered to us? And that's the way it happens. But, it, but if, if sex is done in God's will and his, his intent and his design, your marriage will get better. Your marriage will thrive. But if not, it has long-lasting negative results. And time and time again, I talk to people, say, look, man, you gotta, you gotta, 
you got to work your relationship out. It's going to affect your kids. No, I'm fine. You know what? They're only concerned about the moment, their life, and their wants. Later on, their kids won't even have anything to do with them or whatever it is, and, and they're like, I'm like, dude, I tried to help you. I'm trying to help you. You know what? God is trying to help us. That's all he's trying to do, help us, not hurt us. But the problems arise when a chemical connection is made outside of a spiritual commitment. You know, you know what my goal is for the, for the end of this series? Is that unmarried people that are shacking up or whatever, get married. You know, I've seen churches before. I've dealt with this before. They're like, well, you guys are shacking up. You're not married, so we want y'all to split up for six months or whatever. Heck no. Let's just fix it right now. Bam. Let's get it married. Get married and it's done with, right? Get it fixed. And then, and then move on. But the, but the thing is, is, marriage is a covenant. I mean, I am to be willing to die for my wife and my kids. To get up, do whatever I got to do. You know, here's the deal. I'm a preacher now, but I didn't sell insurance and cars before I did this. I worked 712s. I welded. I grinded. I wore dirty clothes. I sweat, and I worked my butt off. So I, you, you can't look at me and say, well, you don't know it. Yeah, I know what it's like. And I was in a Marine Scout sniper, and I CrossFit. So just shut up, okay? You don't know what a hard day's about. But, you know, I am to give my life to my family. You know, Satan wants selfishness. Satan wants me. He wants me to be about myself. But that, there is no reward or blessing in that. None. You can't live life until you become like Jesus and begin to give, begin to sacrifice, and begin to take concern for others in your life. And you can't do that without him in your heart because your heart doesn't do so. But I want to I drop a bomb in your lap real quick just to show you what God thinks about. Let me tell you something. The problem we're facing today is not sexual immorality in the world. That's, not, that's the least of our problems. The biggest problem we face today is sexual immorality in the church. Look, if you want to be homosexual, that's fine. That's your choice. Just don't, don't just say that I'm going to be a Christian and a homosexual. Don't try to say that I'm going to be a Christian and, do, you know, pick or choose. Make a choice. That's what Jesus said, right? Take up your cross and follow me. You know, we, we want to be, be a little of everything. We don't want to make choices. We don't want to make covenants. We don't want to make commitments. But 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13 says this. It says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Oh, my God, that's harsh. Now, how is that possible? Listen, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world. It says, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. You basically have to commit suicide or buy a space rocket or something. So he's not saying the people of the world that don't go to church that are unbelievers. He says, but now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, a drunkard, or swindler, not to even to eat with such a one. So how does God feel about Christians in the church that are involved in sexual immorality? That's pretty plain. He says, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? It, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Man, that goes wrong. That, does, that really doesn't fly with a lot of people's theology. It says, God judges those outside, purge the evil person from among you. 
So I would say that it's safe to say that God does not condone people in sexual morality. Now, here's the deal. I'm not talking, people screw up, okay? They, they make mistakes. What he's talking about here is people that make a daily, constant decision that this is who I am, this is the way I do. Man, this, you know, we're going to shack up and this is the way it's going to be. No, God calls accountability for that in the church. Even for drunkenness. And in, in the story here, there was a, this was a really story. Paul's addressing the issue where a guy was sleeping with his like mom or stepmom. And Paul's like, dude, even pagans don't do this. Now, what's the point of that? It goes on to say, it says, it says, put the person out so that they will begin to miss the fellowship of the body and begin to choose Jesus over the lifestyle that they're choosing. But what he's saying here is this, is make them make a decision. What are they going to do? Because he says earlier, it says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And what's happened today is in the church, we've just, we've just accepted anything and everything in the name of grace. But you know, the Bible says that when we're a new creation, old things are passed away, all things become new. You know, I've had to, I've had to you know, I've, I've, we've had to deal with several young guys over a period of time. They just want to jump everything that walks in the church. And, and, and what's sad is the daddies never do anything about it. You daddies don't watch your baby girls like you are too. But I see a guy, I mean, and, and about, about, the, about the third girl that he's been with, did I get reported to me? I'm like, dude, I approach the person, say, hey, you got to stop. It's never a, you know, you don't just boot them out the first shot. You confront them just like Matthew says. There's a process. Everybody gets an opportunity. Everybody gets grace. Everybody gets a chance. It's when they basically put their fist in your face and say, no, I ain't going to do it. I'm like, well, you got to go. Because I'm a shepherd of this church. You're not going to go around fornicating all my little girls. You need to go somewhere else. Because that's not what we do here. And so, you know, we're to, we're to have some accountability and some protection in our church. But God doesn't condone this, well, I'm going to go to church and be a part of the family and just, you know, molest everything that walks around. No, there's accountability there. And if you accept that in your, in your realm, I mean, it's like, dude, there's very few people I even let watch my daughters, much less be around. Very, very protective of my kids, and y'all should too. We should be protective of our lives and what we stand for. But here's the deal. Paul's saying, look, the world's going to do what the world's going to do, but us as believers, we got to be called to a standard, not with legalism, not with hard nose, in grace. The, he, also, he also condones grace more than anybody that when you have a brother stumble, it says, restore them gently. Love them. But what we can't condone is just an ongoing lifestyle that is not conducive to the Word of God because people are getting hurt. I tell you what, if you got to, if I could just like transplant every little meeting, every little detail, every little counseling session that I've ever been through into your minds, you would see things a total different way. But here's the big question. What are you going to do about where you're at? Now, this is some touchy stuff. There's actually some minds laying around right now. We've got, we've got to be careful. This isn't a time to get up and tell everybody what you did. No. If you're married, you and your spouse need to have a time 
you got to tell each other, you know, hey, we need to be, we need to need to have a time of openness and dealing with things. Because some of you married couples are limited in having problems with issues that happened in the past. I mean, stuff that your dad did, your mom did, whatever. You know, you're just you're you're all these mental beings. And the thing is, is God wants to heal you of those hurts. God wants to heal you of those distractions so that you're free to enjoy each other and to move on. And that so you can have good Bible sex. Amen? The way God intended it. So that it's good and it builds you up and it brings you on. And you teenagers, you guys need to, you know, if you need to talk to your parents, parents, you need to talk to your kids. You need to ask them every now and then, hey, I know you're dealing with this because you're alive and your eyeballs are open. How are you doing with it? You know, I mean, honestly, you've got, you've got to talk to them about it. Not when they're two, but, you know, when they're, by the time they're 20, you know, they, they might already know what's going on. You know what? I guarantee you, every one of you have something that you messed up in your life. How nice would it be for you to go to your kids and say, hey, you know what? I did this, and I'm ashamed of it. I'm sorry. You know, we think that our kids are, our kids know when we're full of it. Our kids know when we're just not legit. But, you know, I think a kid, you get more honor from your kid when you're humble to them to say, hey, I was sorry for this, or I did this wrong. Or even when you do them wrong, it's very important that they see that humility in you so that they can transfer them lessons into their life. It's very important. Now, some of you, some of you guys have been divorced some, some multiple times. What are you going to do? Because here's the deal. We serve a God who is a redeemer and a restorer. We serve a God who can fix just about anything that's broken if we give him the opportunity to do so. Now, we're going to continue this series for two more couple of weeks. But today, I want to talk about the basis of it is this, is that you teenagers, if you don't seek sexual purity, it's going to hurt your marriage. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna create something that you can't train. Here's the deal: it's a reality that it's not something that you just can't deal with. You know, sex is hormonal; it's crazy. You've got to learn how to manage it. I was, re- I was watching, reading the illustration of a guy, and he said, "You know what? When you shoot skeet, you can't shoot at the skeet. You got to shoot in front of the skeet." He says, "If you try to aim at the skeet, it's gonna fly every time, and you're gonna miss it." And that's just like us. We have to know what we're working with. We have to understand. What the Bible says, we need to understand how Satan works. We need to understand what's going on in our lives so that we can walk in a productive way and not stumble and not stay down, but move on. So whether you're a teenager fighting with this stuff, parents, you need to help them through this. Hey, some of you guys are older. You're not teenagers anymore. You're big people, adults. What decisions are you making? Hey, if y'all love each other, get married. Paul says it's better to marry than to burn with lust. He says get married. If you love them, don't tell somebody you don't love them, but you won't marry them. That's bull crud. You don't mean what you're saying. You love somebody, you love them. You'll do whatever you got to do. Guys, there, there is no 10-step process to a perfect marriage. There's just one process. Follow God, and he'll see you through. It's hard, it's difficult, it's complicated, 
But here's the deal. When a problem arises, you address it biblically, you'll get biblical results. Some of your marriages today are hindered because of things in the past. Are hindered. You've, you've programmed yourself to think a certain way. And what you need to do is you need to repent and say, God, help me think a new way. You know what I think? Honestly, I believe that some of you have done things in the past and you've never, you know, here's the deal. When you become a Christian, the Bible says that we're forgiven. But the Bible talks about ongoing confession and repentance because it's healthy. And I believe there's a lot of people in relationships today that are Christian. They're doing good right now, but they've never had closure with things in the past. They've never had a time to say, God, I need you to heal me of this. And they've held on to them, and they haven't dealt with them, and therefore they're not healed of them. It's, really, it's not God's problem. It's not really even Satan's problem anymore. It's your problem. Just refusal to deal with it, refusal to, to allow God to, to heal whatever's in your life. You know, this stuff, it is. It's hard for guys, and it's hard for girls that are hard-hearted. And that's what God, God wants you to know as a couple. God wants you to, to grow to areas that you've never known before. God wants you to, when you're thinking something, that your spouse says it because they know you so well. God wants you to never be afraid of opening your heart to your spouse. He doesn't want you to walk around insecure of how they feel about you. You know, we'll talk about it in the coming weeks, but you know, a woman needs to be loved and a man needs to be respected. That's where we need to get to, where things are going to get where they need to be. But I believe this, being that sex is the, the starter, the initiator of a solid marriage and the maintainer, the one that keeps it going and, and healthy and fullness of life, we need to address where we're at on this issue. And when you say, God, I trust you. God, forgive me for the error of where I've been, knowing that God can heal you and restore you and fix any obstacle that's in your life. Guys, I'm not, coming, I'm not up here looking down on you. I, I mean, I really, y'all don't know how I feel when I see a couple that is miserable. Because I can, man, you know what? We don't have problems anymore, but I haven't forgot what it's like to not sleep. I haven't forgotten what it's like to hurt so bad you just want to die. I haven't forgotten what it's like to be so depressed that you just can't go on or do anything or nothing matters. I also remember what it's like to be young and in love and thinking, dude, no matter where I was, whether it was school or whether it was work, I wanted to be with Christy. Remember the good things too. So what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Now don't go, and here's the deal. We're just going to have a short altar time. Teresa's going to lead us in a word of song. This needs to be kind of a private deal. It really does. But I, I, I don't just believe this. I know this, that if you give to God what, what, it, what it is that you're fighting with, what it is you're struggling with, or maybe you don't know yet. You know, some of you people here probably you got marriage problems, but you just come to God and say, God, Show us where we're at so we know where to go next. I just want to give you the opportunity to bring it to God. You don't need me. I'm here for counseling. I really, don't, I really want to know as little about your situation as possible. I really do. I freak my own self out sometimes. Ugh. I don't want to know your garbage and junk. But I am here for counseling. I'm, I'm here for whatever you need me to do.
any guidance or whatever. But I think if you're married or if you're a teenager or whatever, let me tell you something, teenagers, sex is something you're fighting with. I don't give a flip who you are. Teenagers think, you know, they say, well, I don't have a problem with that. Whatever, you're alive. It's a reality. Now, whether you're handling it well or not, you know, that's something that you need to get with your parents about. But today, I, want, I just want everybody to stand real quick. And here, here's all I'm asking you today. If today you're here and you really, if you want God to move in your marriage, if you want God to open new doors, if you want God to heal and remove any obstacle in your life, I just want you to just come to the altar, you, you and your spouse or whatever, and just pray. And make up your mind today that you are going to recalibrate your mind with what God says a marriage should be like. And I will promise you this, it will turn out that way. may not be tomorrow. There's going to be a little bit of heartache you want to go through. But I'm telling you, if you get on the path of what God has for you, then your marriage will get better. I promise you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So, Father God, we just come to you right now. And, God, I pray that everyone put their pride aside. Lord, we, don't, we, we're just coming up here for prayer. We don't know about what or the details, and we don't need to know, God. But today, I just pray for couples today, God. Even just to come up here and say, God, bless our marriage and, and, and bring it to another level. But let, let us move today and respond with all humility. And, God, I pray that you'll just speak to our hearts. Show us what we need to do. Show us how we need to respond. And let us begin to move that way, God, knowing in faith that you're going to work it out and you're going to help us. And our marriages will become better and whole like you've meant them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Come. Y'all come pray.